The passion of church planting was more costly than I could have imagined, but also more rewarding. When I finished my seminary studies, my wife and I and one-year-old moved here to central Missouri, and it was our hope to plant a new kind of church, one that was sort of addressing a cultural narrative that was different from the ones of my parents, like I discussed a couple of weeks ago. And so I raised about an, enough support to last us a year from friends and family thinking, well, how hard could it be to start a church? I had had very little investment or uh, church planting networks really weren't started at that days, and certainly uh, not in the culture that uh, I had been a part of. So it was uh, quite a surprise when a year later we started that church, and within five months I was pushing a mop handle and cleaning windows as a maintenance man at the local McDonald's restaurant because it gave me flexible days and hours and free food. And uh, all of a sudden, uh, that reality came to a whole n new level of, of understanding about how hard it actually is to do church planting. Uh, we did that for five years, and I would describe that time not so much, Craig, as sort of what we were creating, but that we were being created, my wife and I, in terms of trust and faith and perseverance. But we had a strong vision and a commitment to the area, and uh, all in good time, even though uh, that was a failed church start, uh, it was certainly an investment in our longevity, longevity and uh, understanding of a ministry philosophy. So you experience the transforming power of being a part of something that costs you everything you've got. It really did. And in the process of that, as I said, to find you know what I really cared about, what I uh, really felt like the Lord was wanting created, and also uh, how many pieces need to be in place before, uh, if you're going to do church planting in a healthy way. And that's why I'm excited about our conversation today. Yeah. Yeah. Church planting changes us, maybe not the way we expected, but it completely and totally transforms us. Hi, I'm Rod Casey. And I'm Craig Kidder, and you're listening to the Qualifiers Podcast. We believe it's important to listen. Real growth and change happen when we hear each other qualify our ideas. In this hour, we're going to test our assumptions around the idea of the need for new churches in America. We believe by hearing qualifications around the experience of a church planter, we will be challenged to think about what it means for America to be in need of new churches. Or it could be said, the return on investment in church planting is not financially rewarding, but the profit lasts forever. Thanks for investing with us. Craig, you told me recently 
about a friend that you met during your seminary days who is off in church planting, and I was excited to have an opportunity to have that conversation. Uh, if you would, introduce Aaron to our guest. Yeah, so Aaron is someone who I did not know what to think of when I first met him. He is just a wild person who blew my categories, but probably what drew us really close together uh, was an experience where I ended up eating a lot of humble pie. Um, we lived across the street from each other. We went to the same seminary and we hung out and our relationship really went deeper when it was snowing one winter, my car gets stuck. And I was like, I got this, I'll get it out. But the, the wild part of the story was I was getting a colonoscopy the next day. And as I remember the story, I had just taken all the medication to like, you know, clean yourself out and my car is stuck. And I'm, um, Amy's like, will you call Aaron? He lives next door. He's from Wisconsin or he's from Colorado, but he's lived in Wisconsin. He'll be able to get you out. And I was like, I got this. I got this. So for two hours and a lot of fear, I was trying to dig the car out and I called Aaron finally. I finally humbled myself, called him and he was laughing. He came out and got me dug out in like 30 seconds. And so- No way. Uh, no, that's true, Aaron. Not that, that fast. It was so fast. I couldn't believe how fast you got that <laughs> stupid car out. But Aaron, welcome to the podcast. I'm super excited to have this conversation. Where, where are we talking to you? Where are you calling from today? Well, first, thanks for having me on the podcast. Um, man, I'm so thankful for your friendship, Craig, and, um, and the bond we have in Christ. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm calling to you from uh, Louisville, Kentucky, uh, where we are just about to move to Twin Falls, Idaho in three weeks, uh, less than three weeks. You living so. in boxes? Uh, there are plenty of boxes. If I were to show you what's going on around me, there's empty shelves and, uh, in the other room next to me, there's just boxes everywhere. Well, yes. I, I wish people could, I wish we could spend more time talking about just what a wild human being you are. I, I, <laughs> I will never forget that how you, you moved walls in your house. You're just a crazy person. I, I, I'm hoping people get a flavor of that today. Aaron, um, I'm, uh, I'm wondering, uh, why Twin Falls? And if you're going with a church planting network, uh, some organization other than the independent route that I described at the beginning of our uh, time together. Yeah. Uh, yes, we're, we're going through the assessment process with the North American Mission Board right now. Um, um, I'll come back to why Twin Falls, but the um, North American Mission Board, uh, I'm coming out of the Southern Baptist Convention. I didn't grow up in the Southern Baptist Convention, but um, um, believe um, there's enough synonymous uh, stuff between our where we're at, and and I I think that they're super helpful. Um, so yeah, we're going with the um, North American Mission Board. Um, why Twin Falls? Well, wait, Man. wait, wait, wait. Before you yeah. answer that, because I promise we'll get there. Um, what we're using the language like church planting, just like for someone who's never heard of that. What is it? What does it mean to plant a church? What is what's yeah. that language like? I get that. Uh, it's funny. So I'm currently I've been uh, just working at an AT and T store the last uh, couple months while we prepare to go, and um, customers will ask, "Hey, where are you?" So like, "Where are you from? Where are you going?" What's you know? We'll just you know come up in the conversation. Hey, we're about to move to Twin Falls, Idaho, to plant a church. And normally there's like this awkward pause, awkward silence, the awkward silence, and 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 then it's like. Uh, what? And, and they, uh, that's right near Iowa, right? Uh, you know, Idaho kind of is near Iowa. 
it, it, uh, it's like I and I that's first of all that's like the first thing and then they're like planting what is are you how do you like I think of farming you know like what's that mean so uh and I just said but we're basically starting a church uh and um basically uh the great commission following the great commission um and I can get into we'll get into this later but um planting a church means starting a new church um from scratch and so why did you say that to Rod's question, why is Idaho the place where you're like, yeah, this is the place that I want to dig in, plant. It is like a farm. Like you want to really take time, cultivate. Why, why Idaho? Great question. Yeah. Idaho. Uh, so when we were, um, I'll go back a little bit and make it short. Uh, I traveled for a ministry team for the co- uh, college I went to, um, and when I was on that ministry team, we would, we would stop all through the West. We were stopping in churches in the West and um, began uh, stopping in churches where there were buildings and there were people, but pastors were like gone. And so um, whether they had just burned out or what had, I'm not sure what had happened. I wasn't there long enough to be able to dig into that. But I just in college remember thinking the West needs pastors the West is full of unhealthy churches. That was in college. Fast forward, um, man, I'm going to date myself here, but fast forward 10, 15 years now. Oh my um, gosh. So stop. Old. Yeah, I know. Uh, so fast forward a little bit of time. Uh, we're, we've been, we served in Guam for four years uh, oh, and then we moved to Louisville to do some seminary. And my heart has been driven toward revitalization. Um, and so I started talking to my pastor about, hey, like when you chose my, my pastor here in Louisville, when you chose to um, do ministry or when you felt like the Lord was leading you to do ministry in Louisville, how did you know the Lord? What did you like? How did you land here? And he said, well, we prayed. My wife and I prayed hard about it. And um, we developed three criteria for where we wanted to do ministry. One of them was uh, we wanted to be in a a medium-sized town, so not like this metro, major metropolitan area. We wanted to be in a place where there was a seminary and there was a place where there, there was uh, a university uh, close by, a sizable university. So he said, hey, you need to develop your criteria for what and pray through it with your wife and, and get advice on that criteria. So as mm-hmm. we worked through that criteria and prayed through it, our four criteria, getting advice and praying hard about it, researching our four criteria was one west we wanted to go um somewhere colorado and beyond because i love that um yeah it's just a theological desert in parts of the west um so west second one was we wanted to go somewhere there where there weren't a whole lot of healthy churches um third we wanted to go into go to a small town that was rapidly growing um and then fourth, we wanted to go somewhere where we could thrive as a family. Um, mm. Not, I mean, there's there's places in the West where it's like three hours away from the the uh, nearest Walmart, you know. Um, yeah, not living near a Costco would be terrible. I don't know. I really don't know if we could survive. How do people do that? Costco. Or a Trader like, Joe's. No Costco or Trader yeah. Joe's. That was my one criteria. And now <laughs> here I am. There's no Trader Joe's or Costco. But yeah, well, that's really, so it's chosen out of freedom. I want to kind of get at like, one of maybe the stereotypes about church planting is that, yeah. So, Hey man, aren't there like enough churches in America? Like 
even even places like so you know you're in the church planting world i've been in the church planting world i was in la and from our apartment to our church it was like i think a mile and a half and i would pass eight churches even in la so people are like oh la is this post-christian place there's churches everywhere even on every corner even in places like la aaron aren't there enough churches why do you need to go start in another one man that's a great question uh I think that uh, healthy churches is where I want to put the emphasis on church planting um, because I think there was a massive uh, push back in the 70s and 80s for planting churches. Uh, and what happened is uh, bad philosophy and bad theology resulted in, in crumpled churches and unhealthy churches. Um, I remember uh, a generation or two before my dad, uh, they had emphasized, hey, you know, just go serve the Lord. And so you have this like uneducated, un- untrained, uh, very zealous group of men getting after it for the Lord. Um, but what they did is they resurrected churches that are, that were not healthy. And so 50 years later, you're, we're seeing some of that results of that. So you're saying but, you've taken time to prepare, prepare yourself. And I'm hearing two different things coming together there. I'm hearing good theology. So we're rooted in, Hey, here's what we love. And then also you're saying good philosophy of, of how we do that, how we love others. Yes. And so you're taking yeah. time to prepare. We love, we love God. We love his word. These things, these are the non-negotiables. And then, Hey, here's how we're going to love our neighbors too. We're going to, and how mm-hmm. we're going to live this out. So good theology, good philosophy. And you would describe that as healthy is what you're saying. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I mean, gospel centered uh, approach to ministry. Um, there's some great resources on that. But as back to your question, as far as like uh, why plant more churches when there are more when there are churches, uh, man, I think it depends on what part of the country you're in. For one, um, you know, like you're talking about LA, there, I think there hadn't been a from conversations I've had with some friends out there, there hadn't been a church planted there by the North American Mission Board in like it was, it was like years or something like. And philosophy of the culture had majorly shifted, and the gates, uh, the, those churches are just gone. It's now right. a shell of, of basically uh, dead churches. And so you have um, these buildings and like 15 people in them. So now you have, uh, you have uh, all kinds of areas in the West where you have that kind of thing. But what we were looking for was rapid growth and, um, and unhealthy churches. Uh, so a small town with rapid growth and unhealthy churches. So I, I, Idaho actually is the fastest growing state by percentage in America. So that was surprising to us. We were like, Idaho? Yeah. So Idaho, Utah, and Nevada are the fastest growing states in America. And uh, the more we researched it, uh, we looked in this uh, essay by a guy named uh, J.D. Payne, and he pointed out that 15 of the top 25 unreached counties in North America are in those three states. So mm-hmm. an unreached mm-hmm. county is 2% evangelical or less. Wow. So, wow. so that means one in 50 people are believers in those counties. Um, so that's what drew our attention to um, Idaho, uh, rapid growth and, and um, 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 not a lot of Christians. That's very exciting, Aaron. Uh, given the research you've done, and I know you're not there yet, but 
do you have a sense of the kind of mindset of the folks who are there that you'll be intending to reach out to or the cultural narrative of Twin Falls, Idaho? Uh, yeah, so I've been um, trying to reach out to as many people in that area. I was texting um, with someone earlier from, from Twin Falls. And um, so Twin Falls uh, is a agri agriculturally based uh, mm -hmm. city. Um, like you have, uh, everybody thinks uh, potatoes, right? Well, that's true. There's potatoes there, but there's also um, like a lot of, um, I'm having a senior moment. I'm only 35. Uh, there's a lot of um, dairy industry there. So Shabani yogurts. Uh, I love Shabani. Yes. So Shabani just put in $150 million uh, plant there to help feed America's yogurt craving. Uh, no, that's not a, that's a real need. I have a real need for yogurt and Chobani yogurt specifically. Hashtag probiotics, right? Yeah. Got to feed that gut. Yes. Keep the biodome alive. And then uh, Cliff Bar uh, put in a hundred million dollar um, plant there. Um, so that's agriculture. But then there's this like um, heavy Mormon base there. Um, there's also um, domestic migrants from um, the West Coast, California, very ex expensive uh, cost of living in California to a place that in Idaho is reasonable. You could buy a $300,000 home in Idaho and live like, um, get basically a mansion compared to what you got in, in LA. So yeah, that's why a studio are, apartment for 300,000. Yeah. So well, that, that actually kind of gets at what I'm curious. About. So um, for people listening to this, who may be a little more versed in this whole quote church planting world, there's been a big push in the past um, 20 years, I would say for urban church planting. So the thinking mm -hmm. goes, Hey, as goes the city, so goes the culture. And so lots of money, lots of energy, which I agree with and love is being put into places like the Bay area, LA, New York, Seattle, Miami. And so there's a ton of energy and the thinking is, Hey, these places are culture shaping. So as the city goes, let's, let's invest our people there. You are aware of that. And you're saying, yep. And I'm going to twin falls. So <laughs> walk me through, walk me through kind of your, what you just said. Like, so this place is, there's a unique opportunity there. Why? Hey, great question. I think it's uh, it's not necessarily a, uh, either or as much as a both and there's need in both locations um and i'm excited about what the lord's doing in those in those uh big areas and big cities um i think that and this is a little bit of maybe my opinion i think that in the next uh several years cities are going to be less people are going to be leaving the cities for rural areas because um and this is my strategy one of, one of the things reasons of thinking behind my strategy is uh, I think that the internet is going to make rural areas um, more accessible to businesses. So, and coronavirus is a, a clear example of how businesses almost overnight had to go online. And so if a right, business right. can save thousands of dollars uh, by bringing um, uh, their employees to home, then that what that does is then it may, makes rural areas like Twin Falls very much more appealing if you can live in a place that costs less and still get the same amount of product out as a company. Do you know what do you know what paramotors are? Paramotors sounds painful. 
Well, so it's this weird sport. This is what I know about Twin Falls. It's this weird sport where you put like a massive fan on your back and and then you like get it going and you have a parachute yeah. and you fly with a fan on your back and a parachute. And um, one of the one of the places that this is why I knew about Twin Falls is because it's like a paramotor hotspot because it's so beautiful. So like Mm. what you're describing too for california it's not just california that's experiencing this spike and you know this way better than i do it's colorado so mm -hmm. like uh yeah. denver's beautiful crazy mm -hmm. expensive yeah. twin falls equally as beautiful far less expensive so yeah. you're yep. you're being someone who's thinking ahead to the future of hey this is what i think this is where i think it's culture is going yeah. so i'm gonna head there yeah and the, the thought was the wave is coming if we can plant churches in those areas before the wave gets there, we'll have healthy churches in place um, to address the, the wave. You also reminded me, Aaron, of back in my day when uh, I would hear <laughs> similarly at uh, various conferences, well, 50% of the population live in the urban areas. And I often from central Missouri wanted to stand up and scream. That means 50% don't. Don't. <laughs> Yeah. That's exactly and in right. fact, uh, in large metropolitan areas, I can pass five evangelical seminaries and I have to drive about uh, 220 miles uh, to get to one in central Missouri. Yeah. I never thought I'd be on a podcast saying that those areas matter, but they do. They absolutely <laughs> do. I mean, I look, look, if you guys could have talked to me like three or four years ago, I was like city, 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 city. Uh, but yeah, like COVID that might be changing the conversation where you have like, there's this wild video in the New York times about like, is New York done? And it was just, it's pretty sobering, but like, yeah, you, Jack Dorsey just announced this week uh, when we recorded this, that he's going to let Twitter employees work from home even after um, coronavirus. And so you're like, what I love what you're saying is like, this is an opportunity that you're getting ahead of the wave on. And I just think that's super exciting. So that's yeah. why I'm okay promoting someone who's not promoting LA. So thanks. Let's uh, let's yeah. give him some speed round questions. All right, Aaron, we want I want to give people a picture of who you are. So I'm just gonna ask you some ridiculous questions, uh, and yeah. you can't think about them. You just got to go for it. No qualifiers. Can I allowed. ask you questions? No, this is not how that works. I'm so sorry. Uh, okay, best movie, Lord of the Rings, uh, Return of the King by far. Ridiculous, no doubt, hands down. Yeah. Uh, would you ever go to a movie alone, by yourself? Mm. Man, uh, yes, it's it would totally be relaxing. I've done that for sure. You're a weirdo. Uh, what not, in my fundamentalist days, uh, it was against the rules. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Also, <laughs> all right. Well, there you go. Uh, we, uh, what books are on your nightstand right now? 
Oh man, uh, I'm actually into uh, audiobooks a lot right now. So I think the better question for me is, uh, what's on my phone? What's uh, on your phone? And, what you got? Yeah. Obviously, Jesus Juke Bible. Duh. Oh my gosh. Okay. Uh, I'm reading through Augustine's Confessions right now. Um, I know that uh, we ha- we have been challenged to read through J.K.A. Smith's book uh, at the conference we went to. And before I read that, I wanted to get a little handle on, well, what does Augustine actually say? So um, digging into Augustine's, and it's very rich. I'm reading through, I just read, I'm trying to also read broad. So Mark Batterson, I read a Mark Batterson book. Uh, you know, it was actually challenging uh, in a pit with a lion on a snowy day. Do you got fiction in there? What fiction? Are you uh, yeah. So I'm, I'm, um, I haven't been reading a ton of fiction. I've been reading C.S. Lewis. Uh, like I just read his, um, this is a couple months ago now, but I just read The Great Divorce. Uh, oh, and that was, there were just some very challenging spots in there. Obviously, right. every, everyone's got to read a little bit of Tim Keller. Um, Say something nice. Say something nice about Tom Brady. He almost became a Bronco. That is not nice. That's that's yes. ridiculous. That's just a fact. That's not. You gotta say something nice. Yeah, that's like, like he's nice a good dad. Oh, he can so, really throw the football. He so clobbered I, the Broncos in the AFC Championship game. Come on, something oh nice. man, he got beat by our backup. Are you kidding me? He didn't get beat. He beat. He remember he moving beat on. Moving <laughs> on. All right. On. What pod, well, Give me a podcast that's like best podcast you've ever heard. Uh, I mean, you I mean besides this one, right? Oh uh, man, thank you. Yes, yes. Uh, uh, Love Thy Neighborhood has been really challenging. Um, so it's a podcast basically on how the gospel meets areas of um, social justice uh, in our culture, things like uh, racism and and um, refugees, and even how the gospel meets the sex industry. So that's oh, been yeah. challenging. Love thy neighborhood. All right. All right. And last question. What's the best board game to play with shy people? Mm, board game? I, man, uh, shy people would be like risk, but I, I, that wouldn't probably be what I would go to. I would probably go for a card game like Pit uh, to get them out of their I knew you would do it. You, wanna, you, you can't let shy people be shy. You got to rock them. <laughs> Shake the cage. Yeah. All hey, right, Aaron, <laughs> if you wouldn't mind, uh, yeah. describe yourself in three words. Oh man. Uh, let's see. Um, I would say passionate. Um, try to be purposeful. Um, and I hope my life is faithful. Um, those are what I would hope to be described as, and I hope others would describe me. I hope the Lord would describe me in the passionate, purposeful, and faithful. That was it. Passionate, purposeful, faithful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Hey, yeah. Aaron, last question. Um, what's, what's your favorite failure? Oh my goodness. The, uh, I think probably my favorite one, uh, I did this youth activity in Guam, uh, was not a good idea. Uh, we did this youth activity and it was a mud pit. My, my youth pastor in Colorado had done it and he, uh, he had us, do like searching for golf balls and stuff so i tried it in guam it was a train wreck uh because the soil in guam is like uh very shelly and had lots of sharp rocks mm. parents weren't happy 
I can imagine. Aaron, back to uh, church planting. Uh, talk to me yeah. a little bit about what you are thinking about related to strategy when you get there. Uh, do you have some sort of time period set or some benchmarks that you're thinking through? Anything that uh, you might share with us and other potential church planters or those who might pray for you as you go? Yes, uh, strategy. We're, um, we are looking to move this summer. We're still working through, praying through, um, there are several couples praying about coming with us. And so our strategy, there are a couple different people groups we're um, looking to target. Um, one, um, obviously Mormons, two, um, the domestic migrants in that area, um, and um, there are three, the college, the College of Southern Idaho um, is right in that town. And actually from the multiple conversations I've had with people they don't believe that there's one gospel presence like there's not like a crew there's not campus outreach there's no gospel presence on that campus mm. um, so addressing pursuing that um, strategically and then um, getting involved in the education system if if the Lord would allow us um, so as far as strategies we're looking to dig into those particular areas of the culture and, and see God call people out of there. So all, all of, all those areas that you mentioned, all are kind of investments around the next generation. So college students coming of age, school system. Uh, how do you think a church plant better engages young people? Um, I think uh, that's a great question. I think that uh, next generation hates facade. They just want to see real. Um, um, they see enough fake on the news and social media. And so I think that genuineness um, is, a, is a huge component of how to reach the next generation um, and how you do that. I mean, Jesus words um, by the show, all men know that you're my disciples if you have love one to another. So that is uh, outsiders looking at, church and how the church loves each other wisely and well and then loves others outside of it um so a good way to reach the next generation um love like christ loves and build relationships built on that um built on the gospel the right now is probably the worst time to plant a church um <laughs> we have not seen these type of numbers as far as like unemployment and uncertainty in a long time. Yeah. How do you process? No, no, no. Like we're going to take this risk. We're going to step out there. I mean, you've got a young family, you've got responsibility. How are you preparing, but yet also navigating? Okay. I'm going to prepare, but I'm also going to really take a risk here. It's a good question. So is it a risk? Um, that's a question. I mean, we've talked about this in the past. What's, what is risk? You know, is it risky um, to follow the great commission? No, it, it's not. It's an investment and the investment is in the kingdom of God. And so 
um, I would say that um, what my wife and I have prayed through is, um, of course, this is a horrible, seems like a horrible time to plant a church, but what better time for God to display his glory and, and his work in a, than in a time of crisis? Try, mm. I can't think of a, a worse time to fundraise for church planting than when people are losing their jobs and 401ks are taking a major hit. But what better way to display the glory of God and his passion for um, the great commission to, to be advanced, his kingdom to be advanced wow. than at a time of crisis. Yeah. Yeah. The need is, the need is so great. How can we not is what you're saying. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I look at this, this is, there's no, there's no risk. It's, it's an investment in the Lord, uh, the Lord's kingdom. And uh, he's going to plant this church and we're, we get to be a part of it. So. One of my favorite quotes is uh, one that my mother used to say, uh, which is reflective of what you're just communicating, which was home is where the will of God is. Hmm. So you're always home if you're in, in the center and where God's, where God's purposes and will are. So Hmm. commend you for that. Uh, You know, uh, I suppose Aaron, that you and your wife are building a ministry support team right now. Um, that's related to prayer and then uh, finances and then also uh, people that they may know who may have a passion for that area. So it is possible that there's some kind of a providential connection that's happening where somebody might feel inclined uh, to uh, join your support team or at least uh, want to be a part of your communication list where uh, you send out uh, prayer reminders, etc., and then uh, maybe somebody knows uh, somebody who's looking for a church in Twin Falls. So if you would take just a little bit of time to uh, give us that information and invitation uh, that we might respond to and then where our listeners could contact you if they wanted uh, to do yeah. so. Uh, man, like you said, uh, prayer. Prayer is the biggest need, you know, um, Praying for us to praying for the gospel to advance, um, that the Lord would build His His church um, out of the unsaved. You know that He would call people to Himself through this church plant. Um, so, yeah, prayer and finance. So, if you would like to sign, we we do a monthly newsletter. Our newsletter. If you want to sign up for our newsletter, just you can email me at twinfallscc.info at gmail.com. And what that'll do is it'll give one you more a, time, Aaron. Yeah, Twin Falls um, CC dot info at gmail dot com. Twin Falls CC dot info at gmail dot com. Um, yeah, and that will give you the option. It'll that has the option of hey, financial support is on that uh, on that. Uh, you'll get an email from me with which will have a. Um, a form that you can fill out where, Hey, I want to sign up for our monthly newsletter. I would like to commit to support on various levels um, or just um, hear more about the newsletter. So, yeah. That's great. Well, as I said at the beginning of the podcast, I have experienced church planting way underprepared, uh, not realizing all of the uh, challenges, but I think what is sustaining is that uh, you are committed to it. It meets your criteria. And then it's just a lot of uh, sort of letting God do his good work. If I may give you this one 
piece of insight, which you're probably already aware of, but it's also what I referred to in me is that there's a work that God is doing in you and your wife and your family and the people who will move with you as much as the product of what you're seeking to accomplish. And so there's always a double curriculum that's happening there. And uh, we pray God's best for you uh, along the way. Mm, well uh, Craig, uh, I'll let you uh, have the last qualifier as we wrap up. All right. Well, hey, guys, we had committed to, at the beginning of this, eight weeks of episodes. And so Aaron wrapped up those eight weeks. And so we're not 100% sure what we're going to do. So we're going to take a timeout. So Rod and I have been having a ton of fun doing this, and we think it's been profitable, and we think it's been helpful for people based on interactions we're having. And so we want to keep doing it, but we both have busy schedules, and so we want to say, hey, what does really the future look like to really sustainably do this? Um, another thing that I think is hilariously ironic is that it, our, it wasn't super clear what we meant by qualifying. It wasn't actually even really clear to me until Rod helped straighten me out uh, going into this episode. And so we want to say, hey, what are we trying to do? What's the vision we have for this podcast? We think that there's a lot of good stuff here. So we want to go to the planning board. So we're going to take a few weeks to do just that. We'll come back with an update. We'll let you know what's going on. And we're super grateful for your support. And if you would like to let us know what you'd like to, us to do, you can let us know by emailing us at qualifierspodcast at gmail.com. Again, qualifierspodcast at gmail.com. Qualifiers is produced by Compass Church in partnership with TEI. TEI equips church and campus ministry leaders with theological, philosophical, and practical resources to sustain healthy faith communities. For more information, visit teimissouri.org. For more information about Compass Church, visit compassefconline.com. Each episode is mixed and edited by Lucius Creamer. A big thanks to you, Lucius. Without you, this podcast would not be a reality. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll see you next week.